Mashiach now. This is the day after the ninth of Av, the day after Tishabav. And there are some of the customs of Tishabav that continue on into the 10th day. Namely, one should refrain from eating meat, drinking wine, bathing, or cutting one's hair until midday of the 10th above. The Talmud refers to sages who would fast on both the 9th and 10th of Av. However, if Tishbav falls on Thursday, in which case the 10th will fall on a Friday, one may wash and cut one's hair the in the morning in honor of the Shabbat. So meaning that you don't have to wait till midday if Tishabav was on a Thursday. So what's really interesting is uh, this year, I wasn't aware of a lot of the different steps, but I knew we could listen to music. And so it was, uh, it was really crazy to kind of sort of get back into listening to music. And it was just like, you know, like, I don't know yet. But anyway, with all that being said, just a couple of things there. Um, one of the crazy parts about the night following Tishabov is that um, it says if Tishabov falls on a Sunday and as a consequence, Havdalah blessing over wine was not made at the end of Shabbat, it is made at the end of Tishabov. We recite Havdalah over wine, even though it's customary to refrain from drinking wine until after midday on to, on the 10th of Av, since most of the sanctuary was actually destroyed on the 10th. When making Havdalah, we recite only the brachot on wine and hamavdil. The bracha on the candle is omitted. It was said, uh, since it was said after Shabbat, and it is pertinent only then for fire was created on Motsi Shabbat. The bracha on spices is also omitted for the bracha is too pertinent only at the end of Shabbat when we give strength to our soul, which mourns the loss of the additional soul, which departs on Shabbat. So though we've refrained from drinking wine, you actually do a bracha over wine, which uh, at your hamavdil. So I thought that was interesting, but this really brings to mind the understanding of Tishabav being a Yom Tov and how we look forward to in the days of Mashiach, that being a day of jubilant celebration. So on to Tuba Av. So what's interesting is now we're looking downhill from the, for uh, Av, we're looking uh, at the conclusion of this month now which isn't really downhill it's more of an incline because you know how we we went down starting from the 17th of Tammuz and then ultimate climax of the low point being Tishabav. now we begin an ascent so kind of back to Adar remember how in Adar we began to increase in our joy we built all the way up to Pesach, then we built all the way up to Shavuot, and then we started our slow descent into 17th Tammuz. 
and then everything that we decreased in in the in the three weeks. What I find so interesting about this is that it's amazing how we have the fluctuations on the calendar. Uh, and so we live life as this kind of vacillating uh, energy, so to speak, like a heartbeat. So, you know, just thinking about the, the beauty of flowing in and out of the seasons and being able to learn and understanding how people can be in different places, uh, even though we're experiencing the same things. You know, like one person that I was talking to said that they had, you know, just a very um, depressing nine days. Another person was like, man, I haven't had better days in my life, you know, and you're just like, wow, like, interesting. And I think about the nine days during, during the Bain Hamaitrim series that, you know, I definitely was trying my best to focus on increasing peace like we were uh, admonished to do so, you know, be like the disciples of Aharon. So it was just a really uh, neat and cool thing to think about uh, everyone being in different places and how, you know, we, we are literally one body, you know, we're all doing the same things so but we can be in different places, which is one of the takeaways and reflections I have from Tishabov that all of the destructions and all of the tragedies that we experienced were Mida, Keneged, Mida. They were measure for measure. So every single punishment and horrible, treacherous thing that we read in the Kinos and that we uh, learned from our history was because we did something in like manner to cause that to happen. And it was, it was disturbing, mostly to me, because I think about all the things that I read and I'm just like, oh my goodness, you know? And it really just took me to a place of, Hashem, how do I reset myself? How do I humble myself and get rid of arrogance and get rid of blindness, you know, like fish scales or, you know, hardened heart, whatever you want to call it, you know, because we cannot afford to have all this stuff go on. And we look at the tumult and the, the crazy chaos in the world today, and it's literally a fallout from individual and collective failure. So we can't point fingers per se at people and, and be upset, you know, unless, I mean, not at all, but we need to be focusing that energy on ourselves. So that was just something that I kind of took away from Tishabov is that let me fix myself. Let me reset myself. Let me, what do I want to see in the world? I'm going to start being that, you know? And so being Shomer man, Baruch Hashem, you know, I'm all about building and tinkering with stuff. So obviously you know how that's going to go. <laughs> so just going to try not to build Ultron, <laughs> but anyway, little jokes, but Seriously, though, the 15th of Av, Tuba Av, this is a wonderful uh, Moed coming up. Uh, it is a minor festival. The custom is to recite, is not to recite, Taknun on that day. So Tuba Av will be this, this uh, prep day, actually. So, and I know for Magi Nishenu, we are actually doing a dinner on, um, oh, no. <laughs> 
I was way wrong. Tubaav is on Shabbat Nachamut. That's crazy. Shabbat Nakamu and Tubaav and Parshava Echanan. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. Because Parshava Echanan is the re-giving of the Torah. Well, okay. Shabbat's gonna be off the hook, y'all. So anyway, um just a couple of things. So don't say talk noon on that day. Obviously, it's a Shabbat, but if it wasn't on a Shabbat, you definitely don't. At Minka on the preceding day uh as well so don't do it on prep day and then it says similar to our practice on the eve of all festivals as only on minor festivals brides and grooms who marry on this day do not fast there's typical custom for a bride and groom to fast on the day uh, of their wedding so if you happen to be getting married on the 14th of Av for some reason you don't fast <laughs> that's crazy Okay, so it says this date commemorates a number of joyous events in our history. It is the date on which the generation of the wilderness ceased dying. It is the date on which the intertribal marriage was permitted after the parcelization of the land of Israel. It is the date on which the ban on marrying into the tribe of Benjamin was rescinded after the incident of the concubine at Giva. It is the date on which Hosea ben Elah, the king of Israel, removed the blockades that Yeruvam ben Nevat constructed to prevent people from ascending to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage. It is the date on which the cutting of the wood for the altar was completed. Do note, the strength of the sun begins to weaken from Tuba'av forward, so we're getting ready for the fall. Then it says, it is the date on which the massacre at Betar were brought for burial. So we were finally able to bury our dead from Betar, and they were all intact with no decay. Get you some of that. In previous generations, the 15th of Av was celebrated as a complete festival, and the explanation will be on the next pages. So I was reading a little bit from book of our heritage my travel set or pocket set um volume three and under the month of of so just wanted to share a few things and i've been loving uh having uh you know these little short little snippets of audio to share with everyone and hopefully it's encouraging and i just want to really uh, encourage everyone to really expect mashiach expect the geula and let's do everything that we can to be the change in the world that we want to see. Baruch haba v'shem Madonai.